Hello and welcome to this One Good Life podcast where we slow down and explore the beauty and goodness that surrounds us every day. My name is Stephen Ingram. And I am Bryant Johnson. We're so glad that you're able to join us today. On today's episode, we are slowing down to explore the topic of origin stories um, and what those mean for us and our lives. Yeah, yeah. Origin stories are kind of interesting, but but before we do that, Bryant, um, for the past, gosh, I guess we're on day 12 now, so pretty much for the past two weeks, uh, you and I have been uh, playing the 30-day uh, minimalist challenge as found on the minimalist.com website. It's a, it's a game. You're really supposed to start the first day of the month. So if you're listening to this <laughs> and or you've been following us on, uh, on the social medias and you think, oh, it looks interesting, you're really supposed to start on the first day of the month because it's way easier to keep up with because on uh, you know, September 1st, you give away one thing. And on September 12th, you give away 12 things. So it's way easier than what we're doing. Um, but we're doing it anyways, and we'd encourage you to do it as well. But we thought we'd give you a little kind of two-weekend update uh, and kind of let you know how it's been going. So, Bryant, how's it going? Yeah, it's uh, it's going well. You know, as you and I have talked in the past, um, kind of living simply and, and getting rid of excess has uh, just been a part, at least a part of my life, and I think a part of uh, my life with my wife as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so That's right. it, it's Hopefully, getting right. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting harder and harder. Um, you know, I have to admit, one day I, f- I totally forgot uh, altogether, <laughs> and then uh, I. <laughs> so this is a moment of confession. Um, I have uh, replaced uh, all my under underwear. <laughs> <laughs> about a year ago and for some reason was holding on to the old Hanes uh, and there just so happened to be 26 pair in there and That's a amazing. basket <laughs> all of which we were getting rid of so uh, day 8, 9, and 10 um, added up to, to 27 uh, <laughs> and that gave me 27 things to cover in one shot <laughs> yeah well for, if you haven't been following us on social media you should totally do that and and look at at brian's post for day eight nine and ten because <laughs> when you posted that i looked at it and i thought my god how much underwear does this guy have and how does how is he not out of underwear uh at this point and by the way if you're wondering bryant is a boxer brief guy yeah he's a boxer brief guy <laughs> More than anybody wants to know about me, but he gave me permission to get rid of something. Um, but but be quite honest, uh, Stephen, I'm getting close, man. I've got a stack of stuff um, still that I have gathered and collected that um, I'm going to continue continue playing along until all of that's gone. But um, I don't have a lot else uh, when that stuff is gone at this moment um, that I'm ready to part ways with. That's really, I mean, that, that's one of the neat things about this is as you go through, you start to really... Uh, you, you start to get a sense of what you really do have. Um, and, and it helps you kind of take inventory uh, and note of that. So I, I'm going to, I'm going to, um, I'm going to challenge you, Brian, to keep pushing, keep going. Um, I know your wife, we we're talking before we started recording today and your wife has said, Brian, you should get down the Christmas stuff. <laughs> so uh, if you're listening to the podcast and you agree with um, Brian's wife that he should get down the Christmas stuff and, Go ahead and start cleaning that out. I would love for you to uh, post that on social media, uh, harass Bryant uh, on the social <laughs> medias, uh, so that he'll continue going uh, with the with the thirty day minimalist challenge. Um, just to be clear, I yeah, w- yeah, <laughs> I will get the Christmas stuff down. 
<laughs> when uh, timing <laughs> timing is the... <laughs> but think of the joy you know for my family it's the day after thanksgiving uh the day after thanksgiving we we get all the stuff out uh we we go full bore we get all the stuff out we put the tree up we, we do everything and just think when you get it all out you can go wow this is exactly what i want and nothing else wouldn't that feel good brian it would feel delightful. And, you know, you, you've got a Labor Day weekend. I mean, we're on Friday before Labor Day weekend. I mean, what else are you going to do besides watch football and take down Christmas decorations, Brian? <laughs> <laughs> that, that begins to feel like Walmart a little bit, right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, it was kind of interesting. Yesterday I posted, um, uh, I'm, I'm starting to get into books. Uh, I, I have... Uh, I, I have... I'm certain I have thousands of books. Um, and people are like, well, I thought you said you'd do minimalism. Well, you know what? Back off, okay? I like books. And I have thousands of books, and I am trying uh, to, to cut those down. And I'll be honest with you, out of anything I own, the most painful thing for me to get rid of are books. Mm, yeah, uh, because yeah. for me, they just represent so much more than you know paper and, and, and cardboard um, and ink. Uh, they, they represent a lot. And in each book I have, I can trace back to memories and times in my life and things that they taught me. But but it was really affirming yesterday. I, I put it on late last night, actually. I put it on uh, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. I said, all right, 10 books or uh, 11 books, however many it was. Um, and I, I put them on so you could see all the spines. I said, by the way, if anybody wants one, uh, just let me know. And literally within five minutes... Uh, I had people claiming uh, two thirds of the books that I'd put on there. Yeah, uh, and they've already come by and gotten most of them. I've got to ship one down to Louisiana to a guy who's teaching um, uh, a class on there who'd wanted one of the books. So it was really neat to see those things take on a second life and and be of immediate value uh, to someone else. So that was pretty exciting and made it a little easier to let go of them. Yeah, for sure. If, if you know somebody's going to use it and it's going to be embraced um, like a book and, and maybe like one that you've uh, cherished. That's right. Um, it definitely kind of eases that process. Um, and it's more than just cleaning out. It's, yeah. um, you know, contributing really right to the livelihood of, of somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. And it gives the it gives that book a second life. Um, where, whereas for me, it, it I found a lot of those were were sitting on a shelf as reminders of a time when they were very useful to me. Sure. Uh, yeah. It was almost like a museum. Uh, and, uh, and that's not honoring the book or, or the one who wrote it. And uh, so, so that, that was pretty cool. By the way, uh, if you're hearing some uh, uh, wonderful little noises in the background, uh, that's Bryant's little guy. Uh, and he has joined us for the podcast today, and uh, and that's awesome. And so, uh, Brian, <laughs> this is our first official welcome to Preston on the podcast. Yes, thank you, thank you. He's going to contribute, I am certain. He's got <laughs> a really lot to fun. say, um, and it's on topic. I just don't understand it yet. <laughs> that's right. Well, you know, he, he, he's still working on his origin story, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly right. It is just beginning. That's so cool. Well, well, speaking of origin stories, you know, this is uh, it's kind of a different podcast. It's kind of a different topic. Uh, you know, we've dealt with pain and minimalism and, you know, s- some things that feel really kind of pertinent to everyday life. Uh, but origin stories are, are a little different. Uh, you know, most of the time when we think about origin stories, we think about superheroes 
Uh, we think about, you know, characters uh, in books. And, uh, you know, a lot of times we think about origin stories from an entertainment value. Uh, sure. And then the other side of the origin story is religion, right? I mean, uh, pretty much every major religion provides a, 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 an origin story or a, a creation myth or, or something that helps, you know, helps a certain group of people or a religion understand where it came from. Um, so, so Brian, for you, what, what, what is the, what's the draw of the origin story? Um, it's interesting to me where, where people have come from. Yeah. Um, it's interesting what has led us to be who we are today. Um, and, and that's what's so unique about origin stories. You're spot on, right? Like we think about it in media and we think about it like with all the Marvel movies, which I, I'm a pretty big fan of. Mm-hmm. Um, but we think about it in that light and like, oh, so let's get the backstory of so-and-so and, um, and kind of build from that. The unique thing is we all have, we, we all have origin stories. Yeah. Um, there are things that we grew from in our childhood and, and, uh, contributed to to who we are today um i think we'd be uh it would be a little silly to think that those stories aren't still continuing to be written yeah though. yeah um and that our origin of yesterday is who we are today but um the thing that we're experiencing today whatever whatever that is good bad um is contributing to who we are going to become um tomorrow and so it's it's really interesting to watch and pay attention to those things um to me yeah it's really it's it's really interesting to to think about our stories are still being told uh that they're not fixed uh they don't have a set destination and i think that's one of the things that that makes this topic really important uh and really kind of fun to talk about too because um a lot of times we we think that origin stories or well a lot of times i think people and sometimes characters uh will allow themselves to let their origin story uh, dictate their trajectory uh, without uh, dictate their trajectory without alteration, right? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. They um, they're a part of creating us these stories, right? Yeah, yeah. But they don't have to define us. That's right. And that's that's the difference here is that um, it, it doesn't have to be our defining kind of characteristic of who we are. Um, that's what's so different when we talk about us and we talk about who we are compared to like uh, Marvel movies and say Spider-Man. Um, yep. Those those are kind of set stories. They're they're canon. Um, yeah. Our story still has the ability to change and to be new. And and uh, you know if we experience a traumatic event in the past, that's <laughs> like, really like like, like, like he's going through right now. Um, <laughs> that has caused us to like hurt or pain or something that does not have to be the end. Yeah. Um, yeah. so that thing is not the, like the defining characteristic of who we are. We have the ability to change and, um, respond in a new way to become something new and a new creation, a new person, um, the type of person that we want to be. Yeah. I I was, I was reading an article this week in uh, Smithsonian magazine is by uh, Robin Rosenberg. And uh, uh, Rosenberg uh, talks, was talking about origin stories and about how important uh, origin stories uh, uh, should be to us in, in our everyday life. And uh, I'm not sure if Robin Rosenberg is a, is a man or a woman, so I'm just going to call this person Rosenberg. 
But Rosenberg says, uh, <laughs> I, I think origin stories show us not how to become super, but how to become heroes. Choosing altruism over the pursuit of wealth and power. I've learned this through hundreds of conversations at comic book conventions where fans have been remarkably candid about their lives and the inspiration they draw from from superhero stories. And um, I, I love that because, you know, one of the things that uh, he, he actually, or he or she, I'm not sure, um, <clears throat> uh, lists some things that, uh, that are life-altering forces that every hero faces. And so we, we, we can talk about those and talk about how to apply those. But but I love, uh, I, I think one of the reasons why we ha- why we love heroes so much is because every hero, and somebody's gonna put it on put on Facebook and say, well, not every hero, and they're gonna give us some obscure reference. That's right. <laughs> pretty much every hero uh, had some sort of moment uh, of trauma uh, where life could have gone one way or the other. And they had to make uh, a conscious choice or many conscious choices to take uh, a, a path, not a path that made them super, but a path that made them hero. Um, I, I, I think initially about the story of Batman, right? I yeah. mean, uh, this, this kid sees his mom and dad killed in front of him by this guy in, a, in an alleyway. Uh, he has all the resources in the world. He's, he's insanely rich. And he chooses a path uh, that lets him become a, a hero, not a path that causes him to become super. He chose not to shrink into his own darkness, um, into his own anger, uh, but to use those experiences uh, to be a force of good in the world. Yeah, it's pretty powerful. I th- I think most of the superheroes kind of fall into those um, into those categories, um, and the idea of becoming a hero rather than super is um, there's a lot of nuance yeah. in that. I think our uh, kind of our common common idea or common understanding is that super would be heroic. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Like, That's right. well, if you're super, uh, you have some superpower, then then obviously you're heroic, but um, there's a lot of people with with a lot of power and, and a lot of ability, um, not just in the fictional world but in the uh, real world too. That we would not necessarily consider heroes. Um, and there's a yeah, there's a really distinct difference between that. Um, and I wonder, like, when we get down to it, would we uh, for ourselves um, would we prefer to be super or to be heroic? Um, that's, that that might actually be a hard question to answer. <laughs> that, that, I think maybe that's the first question we start with, right? Uh, it, what does it mean to to choose uh, to choose the path of, of being the hero uh, instead? Of, I mean, because you, uh, you know, take Lex Luthor, right? With with Superman, <laughs> Lex Luthor wanted to be super, right? He wanted he to yeah. be he wanted to be powerful. He wanted to be extraordinary, uh, and and. Superman was already super, uh, but he chose to be the hero. Uh, it, it's it's just a, it's just a and, and again you know we're talking about comic book characters and you know these stories that are bigger than life, but they have so much to teach us about about our own lives. Well, they're expression of of our own lives. That's right. They're um, an expression of um, you know the author, the creators. And we talk about Stan Lee. Yeah. 
Um, there's a couple characters he's talked about that are really a reflection of who he was and, and who he hoped to be because um, there were moments in his life where he'd been picked on. Yeah. Um, and so it's, yeah, they're, they're fictional, but I think especially when we talk about comic book characters, they're created from a place that is very real. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, there's times, times in my own life, man, where I... <laughs> <laughs> I wish, gosh, I wish I was stronger in this moment or, mm-hmm. um, man, I hate being picked on, you, you know, whatever those things are, yeah. um, that if only in that moment I had some other power, I, I would have chosen super over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, they, they give us archetypes. I mean, I think that's one of the functions that a superhero story does is it gives us an archetype, uh, to look at. And, and the beautiful thing about archetype is that it, uh, it, it allows us to place ourselves under it and to see our story within, within that story. It's a meta narrative that we can, that we can understand our own narratives sure. uh, within. And, and it helps give us perspective. Uh, I think that's one of the things these stories do is help to give us a, a, a perspective on our own story and see a way out. I, I love how you talked about Stan Lee. Um, uh, one of the things that uh, is so powerful about what Stan Lee has done, uh, and especially uh, with uh, the Black Panther uh, character uh, in that yeah. series, uh, it, it was so neat uh, to see uh, kids who are uh, African American or who have dark skin, and to see uh, them have a, a superhero uh, that that they could say this one this one looks like me. Um, yep. that, that I can see my story through this lens. Now, I, I heard so many stories like that, and I thought, my gosh, how cool is that? Yeah, it's amazing. And that's, that's the wonderful world of, uh, of comic book characters and, and even other things uh, like Star Wars, right? There's so many characters in there that, that we can relate with um, and uh, kind of tune into. And exactly um, with Black Panther, it, it wasn't just African-Americans, right? It was uh, their females right. in there that played a role that was unique as well. Um, and for young girls to um, have a character like that that they can look up to is t- tremendous. Yeah. Um, for so long, and of course, we're both white males. Yeah. Um, that that world, those ideas have been primarily targeted at, at white males. That's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I was gonna say for right or wrong, but but probably for wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and that's right. That that's exactly right. And and you know, Wonder Woman is a is another. I, I love the fact that my my daughters uh, have this this character, uh, this archetype to look to and see uh, a strong, powerful woman who um, who makes change in the world. Uh, I love that. Uh, I think it's beautiful. So you talked a little bit, Stephen, about trauma as uh, with Bruce Bruce Wayne yeah. uh, becoming Batman. That was a traumatic event, and certainly one that um, shaped his um, shaped his life afterwards. Um, what about destiny? Destiny is kind of one of those other um, one of those other places that origin stories take mm-hmm. um, to kind of shape who this person will become. Um, where do we see that? How does that play out? Yeah, for me, I I, I think about that in terms of calling. Uh, you know, a lot of times, uh, you know, you, uh, Brian, you and I have both been in, in ministry and and continue to do ministry on on different levels, and and a lot of times we we reserve that idea uh, of calling uh, for folks who go into uh, ministry, 
uh, of some sort. And, and I think that's a real shame. Uh, I, I see Destiny in, in, in the same way as I understand Colic, uh, that there's this, there's this sense that something greater than ourselves is pulling us uh, in a direction to do more than we could do on our own. Uh, and, and, you know, you can call it destiny, you can call it calling, but I think each of us have that in our life, that, that, that pull or that tug from, from something that's bigger than ourselves to do something bigger than ourselves. Yeah, it's huge. Um, you know, one of the, and this will date me really quick. (laughs) One of the, my, uh, kind of greatest examples of this are, are films that I've, I've loved. Uh Uh-huh. Um, as it relates to that and not the second or third, but, um, was the matrix. Yeah. Um, the original matrix story was, was all about destiny and Neo, right. Yeah. Neo was the one to come and kind of flip things over. Um, and it was, it was, that was his destiny. Mm-hmm. Like this is what he was supposed to do, made to do, created to do all that sort of stuff. Um, and it's, when we look at our own lives, um, like I have been, been blessed to work with ministry architects, mm-hmm. uh, started with this company in 2010 yep. and still, still a part of that. It's been a blessing in my life. Um, probably one of the biggest blessings, um, as far as work, career, all that sort of stuff goes. Um, you talk about calling or talk about destiny, um, that for me, and and I don't want to get away from it, but that for me is really about the third one was just sheer chance. <laughs> yeah, um, I never sought that out, right? Yeah. Um, never, um, I didn't apply. I didn't uh, pursue it. Um, I got asked a question by another person on the team that just said, "Hey, come do this." You know, this is what I heard, but hey, come do this thing with me. I I think you'd like it. Yeah. And uh, people say that and I go, yeah, okay, I'll do that. (laughs) So, right. Just sheer, sheer chance. Yeah, I kind of bumble into something. (laughs) That's the story of my life. (laughs) Well, there, there is that. I mean, and, and, and I like, um, I like those last two, you know, we talked about trauma to begin with, but then destiny or calling and then sheer chance. A lot of times, sheer chance leads us into discovering our destiny or our calling. Uh, mm. Another way to say that is, it's our job that we're called. You know that that we are supposed to do that we're uniquely gifted to do. Um, and so, as as folks are listening to this, uh, I, I you know I, I think the first thing I want to say is take a moment, stop, and look in your life, see where there have been those times of trauma. Uh, where where you've you've faced a, a fork in the road or a decision, a, a major decision. Uh, look at those times where you have felt a deeper calling on your life. Um, uh, that you that you have this sense of I have a job to do, and I might be the only one who can do it. That sense of destiny, and then I think part of it, and this is part of what this whole podcast is about, this whole one good life idea is sometimes you just bumble into things, but you but you have to keep your eyes open. You have to keep your head up. You have to keep your senses sharp so that when you do bumble into these these moments, these these experiences, these these moments of sheer chance, um, that you take advantage of them uh, and that you let them shape you uh, and that you let them kind of direct you and 
you know, help help move you forward. So uh, th- those three categories, trauma, destiny, and sheer chance, uh, are, are fleshed out a little more in that uh, article that I was originally talking about by Robin Rosenberg in the Smithsonian Magazine. I'll make sure to uh, include a uh, a link in the podcast notes to the article. I, I thought it was a really cool and, and kind of challenging uh Piece, uh, Brian, you, you were uh, you, you brought up the idea that disregarding the origin of others discounts their humanity, and I, I'd love to hear you talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, I am, and and this is really just something I've been thinking about. Um, I am naturally kind of a person who says, "Why? Well, tell me, tell me more. Like, how how did you get to that place? What happened in in the past?" Um, for me, there's a sense of like. Your, ex- your experiences are so much a part of who you are that if, if we get to a place where we say, like, I don't really care what happened before. Mm, yeah. um, I don't really care where you came from or we're, we're not interested in that past. There's almost a sense that we begin to um, discount who, who the other person is or who the other person has become. Um, and we can talk really extreme about, like, um, you know, walking down the street and walking past uh, a homeless person there. Um, and people make all kinds of comments. Yeah. Um, but there's a story to how that person landed in that place. Um, certainly, certainly. Maybe maybe that story is full of bad choices and making one bad decision after another. Like, like I, I get that, but that does not discount that this is a person um, whose life is... Uh, right in front of us. Right. (laughs) Um, and when we say, I, I don't really care about the backstory. I don't really care about, um, you know, where you came from, Steven, um, (laughs) just be smarter or stronger or or think better or make better decisions or or whatever. Um, life is not that simple and it's not that easy. It's, it's so much more complex. Um, we are complex people with emotions that, um, sometimes conflict each other, even when we experience them. (laughs) Like (laughs) I can be full of joy and frustration all in the exact same moment. I can be angry and not, not know why or where that came from. And I think if we, if we don't take into account the complexity of the, the person that's sitting on the other side of the table with us, um, then really what we say to them is um, uh, at some level in this, I don't mean for this to be a jump, but I, but I think what we're saying to them is um, your story is not as important as mine. No, that's um, exactly right. And so that that's the part I think we just, I don't know, for me, I just have to be careful about. I have to, um, I have to be interested um, in where you've come from. Um, otherwise, it begins to, it just dismisses uh, the other person. Well, I think, I think that's exactly right. And Brian, I really appreciate what you said. The The word complexity uh, is such an important word when we talk about origin and, and origin stories. Um, the, the two words I would latch on to, one is complexity. Uh, the other one is, is um, uh, that we're too busy, uh, that we need to slow down in order to hear That's each right. other's stories. And then maybe the third is the word vulnerability. Um you know, in order for us to, in order for us to truly hear one another's stories, two things have to happen. In order for us to truly understand and hear each other's stories, two things have to happen. One, we have to slow down to be able to listen to them, and two, we have to be vulnerable 
uh, to be able to tell those stories, to be able to trust uh, each other with our stories. Um, and I think you're right. Once we start to understand each other, uh, once we slow down and listen to where each other has come from, my God, we can know each other so much better and in so many different levels. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I would add to it just a little bit because there's um, when we tell our own stories, it's like the fish tale, right? Like mm-hmm. I, I, I went out fishing and I caught the fish. It was this big. Right, and yeah. and um, sometimes maybe that's true, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes maybe it was that big. But I think um, in some ways we do that with our own stories as well. Um, is that our origin stories, our background stories become shaped and molded. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's okay yeah. um, because they're speaking into a truth about who we are mm-hmm. and not necessarily um, not necessarily always told so that you get the facts of what I experienced, right. but so that you get a sense of, of who I am and an understanding of who I am. So, so the stories are about, they're about me um, and how I became, you know, came to the place of becoming me. Um, so they might not be factual, yeah. but it doesn't lessen the truth that's contained within them. That's right. Yeah, I, I cannot agree more. I, I think when, uh, I think actually, actually maybe that when we talk about origin stories, uh, that this idea of truth, as you just laid it out, um, is more important than fact. That if we get if we get a because you can tell a, a a story and just tell all the facts. You're talking about a fish story. Well, I caught a fish. It was three point seven pounds. I reeled it in <laughs> for approximately you know two hundred and forty seven seconds. When I got it in, it wiggled. Right. You can tell a story with all the facts. But that doesn't tell you the story. That doesn't tell you the truth of the matter. Um, it doesn't tell you that you've been trying to catch this fish uh, for, for over a year. You've seen it and it's teased you. Uh, you know, when you personify the fish, it's teased you and it's taunted you. And, and, it's, <laughs> and it's taken your best lures and put it in its collection underneath that log. Um, and you reeled it in. You finally hooked it and you reeled it in for hours and hours. You know, it tells you something more about this, uh, about what's really happening. It tells you the truth of the matter. Um, and, and a lot of times facts just don't do that. That's right. That's exactly right. Um, well, as we, we carry on here, Stephen, um, each and every week, uh, we post a question out on social media and uh, get some responses from folks. And we got one really specifically this week. Um, you want to share that response? Yeah, yeah. Each week we spend some time uh, in our show sharing yours, the listening audience's ideas and questions uh, about this week's topic. Uh, if you'd like to hear your ideas or questions on the show, please interact with us on social media, uh, on Facebook, at This One Good Life. Please go like that page, or you can email us at info at thisonegoodlife.com, and you can always sign up for our uh, weekly uh, email um, on our website, www.thisonegoodlife.com. Uh, this week, I uh, had, a, had a great, uh, very specific uh, response from a, a friend here uh, in Birmingham, a guy named Brett. And here's what you have to know about Brett. So I've known Brett for about a decade now. And Brett is a huge uh, uh, story buff. 
Um, and his the way he uh, consumes story is through uh, movies. Uh, he is a huge movie buff. He has a blog uh, where he writes reviews for movies. Uh, he he puts it on Facebook uh, all the time, and uh, he he just. He loves stories. Uh, And so Brett wrote to us, he said, I identify with Peter Parker because I was slash am a nerd, wore glasses, was bullied and picked on, felt like an outsider. Even after getting his superpowers, he still struggled as Peter Parker. I like that he often used his intelligence to solve problems and enhance his abilities. And I think Brett really illustrates the what we're talking about uh, in that uh, these stories, these origin stories, whether it's our own or others, uh, give us a place to explore our own identity. Uh, gives us a place to to see ourselves, to uh, understand ourselves, get perspective on our own story uh, in a different way. And with a hero. Uh, you also get a really positive image. Uh, you get inspiration uh, to do better, to be better, and to live into um, into your best self uh, through that that origin story. Um, so, so Brett, uh, I mean, uh, Brett, thank you for uh, 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 jumping in and, and interacting with us on social media. Uh, this week's question was a hard question, and, and so I, I appreciate you jumping in with us and. Uh, keep those movie reviews coming because they are uh, fantastic, and uh, you're you're a really cool guy. And um, I think nerds are are the uh, some of the greatest people in the world. So uh, <laughs> it's probably why we're doing a podcast. That's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> so Brett, thank you for that. Um, Brian, is, is there a, is there a character uh, that you identify with, a, a hero or, or a origin story that that you identify with? Um, uh, of course, my favorite is uh, this, you know Star Wars story, yeah, all of it. Yeah. Um, the and and this will be my recommendation uh, here uh, when we move forward, and, and maybe we're jumping there, Stephen. Um, but Solo, a Star Wars story, yeah. uh, the story of Han Solo, and let's let's be honest, uh, Han Solo was a scoundrel. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he was in the old movies. He is in the new movies. Um, He's a scoundrel. That's 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 who he is. Yeah. And Solo, um, unfortunately, did terrible in the box office. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm really <clears throat> bummed out about that. And some folks, uh, some folks think it's because it was a bad movie. <laughs> um, I would argue uh, it was because of bad marketing. It was timing and weird, and Disney released it at the same time they released the Avengers. Right. Um, they marketed Avengers, didn't market Solo, um, not in the same way they market the other movies. Right. Um, and not in the same way they market the other Star Wars movies. So um, my hunch is it probably is just a, a failure of marketing. But the backstory of Solo um, is tremendous certainly there are questions that are unanswered um, but we get to see um, where he came from mm. and how he be- really how he became a scoundrel um, the people he, he came in contact with that begin to shape him and, and mold him um, so I'm a huge fan it's it's probably uh, my favorite of the new Star Wars films Wow that's, um, a, that's a big statement well somebody said what 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 was it about it um, and I mean, simply put, it felt like Star Wars. It felt like the original trilogy, um, the way the story was told and and the way it was shaped, Um, the hope that it still spoke 
um, even for this this scoundrel (laughs) who we know right like who we know has a heart of gold um, but continues to make bad choices and uh, probably is going after money more than anything else Um, and uh, yeah so we get to see all that it's tremendous uh, if you're looking for a solid, uh, solid film, a solid origin story, you're interested in Star Wars, I, and that's where I would say you don't have to be a Star Wars fan. I think if you're interested yeah. in Star Wars, um, this movie is one that you'll enjoy. Um, and there are things that they left out, and we could really get nerd, you know, nerdy here, Stephen. <laughs> they did talk you, nerdy you don't to see, me. Talk nerdy to you me. <laughs> you don't see Chewie as bowcaster. Um, like what? <laughs> Every film, he's got a bowcaster. Where, right. Where's the bowcaster? Uh, but um, we don't have to spend too much time there. Oh, so <laughs> we'll good. lose people quickly. That's so good. Uh, yeah, but that that would be my my recommendation. I have, I have a book, too, that I just started, but yeah. um, I'll, I'll let you go, and then, then maybe I'll mention that. Yeah, I think uh, in terms of sort of my uh, – the, the character that I, I connect with uh, in terms of origin story, um, Harry Potter – uh, I'm a mm. I'm a total Harry Potter nerd. I love those books. I love the movies. I love the theme park. I I love Birdie Bot's every flavored jelly beans. I I, I like Ooh. it all, man. I like it all. Uh, but really, I, I I connect with how J.K. Rowling um, wrote the Harry Potter character. Um, you know, Harry lost uh, his parents. Uh, I, I am not in contact with either one of my parents. My mom left, um, me and my family when I was 14. Uh, my dad and I, um, never really got along, but, but we, he, we're estranged, uh, now and have been for, you know, over a decade and, um, uh, especially losing, losing my mom early on, um, that set my life in a, in a trajectory that, uh, I never imagined, uh, that I never wanted, uh, but but sent me uh, down a road uh, that that shaped me um, in in ways that I could have never been shaped before. Um, and I'm not one of those people that says, "Oh, you know, that's the reason why that had to happen to you." I, I don't I don't buy into that, but I do buy into um, uh, we're all put in 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 really difficult or, or tough situations and. We do have uh, a choice uh, to to how we come out on the other side of those, and uh, so I really I, I really connect with the Potter character, especially in the later books when he's really fighting that and just saying, "God, why couldn't my life have just been normal?" Um, mm, so yeah. so I, I really I really enjoy uh, those books and and especially him uh, as a character. Uh, in terms of my recommendations, uh, you know, each week we uh, like to give you all some uh, recommendations, some good stuff um, that, that we have uh, encountered that have made our lives uh, a little better that have to do with the topic of the podcast that week. Um, just know you can always find those on the podcast notes, uh, but you can also find them on our website, uh, thisonegoodlife.com. There's a whole page. It's just called The Good Stuff. And uh, you, you can find it there uh, listed by episode with hyperlinks. Uh, for my recommendations this week, I've got two. Uh, the first one is, uh, so there's this guy named Joseph Campbell. Uh, studied Joseph Campbell in undergraduate and in graduate school. Uh, Campbell is known uh, by most people from a documentary that came on PBS several, several years ago. Bill Moyers did a documentary about Joseph Campbell and uh uh, and and the power of myth, uh, and beautifully enough, uh, Joseph Campbell and the power of myth 
Uh, the PBS documentary is on Netflix. Uh, and I tell people all the time, if you want to understand origin story, if you want to understand hero myth, if you want to be able to watch movies like Star Wars and Harry Potter, um, uh, uh, The Godfather, uh, all of those stories, um, if you want to be able to watch those with more depth, uh, and even read the Bible truthfully, especially the book of Acts, uh, after you watch this uh, documentary, go read the book of Acts. You'll see so many incredible parallels. Uh you need to start with Joseph Campbell uh, and the power of myth. So that's my first recommendation. Go watch that documentary. Uh, it's really, really fantastic. Uh, and then secondly uh, is the movie Big Fish. Uh, Brian, you were talking about how truth uh, doesn't always depend on fact uh, and how sometimes and maybe oftentimes uh, uh, truth uh, is bigger than facts. Uh, Big Fish is uh, the best movie. It's top five movies in my life, uh, mm. but the best movie uh, to tell us about the power of truth beyond fact. So I'd encourage you to go watch Big Fish. It's a beautiful movie. Cinematography is amazing. Uh, the storytelling is powerful. Incredible movie. How about you, Brian? Well, yeah, one of the things we say when we're talking about the good stuff is that um, we want to share some stuff we're discovering with folks, yeah. Um, so I've I've got a book that I've just started, right? So like I'm 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 in the discovery phase of, of this book, and I'm really excited about it as well. Um, so that's why I would recommend it. Uh, I haven't completed it. I can't I can't uh, review the book, um, but so far I'm enjoying it. The name of the book is The Origin of Satan, um, written by Elaine Pagels. Yeah. Uh, Elaine is the history of religion professor at, at Princeton um, University. So um, what she's getting at, she's looking at uh, historical documentation of, of language about really what where it starts is about um, you and them. Mm. Um, throughout history, there's an understanding of there's, there's us and then there's them. Um, and how that gets captured, uh, not just in the in uh, the Old Testament, um, the the New Testament language, but also in the writings of the Essenes. Yeah. Um, and uh, if if I've got the title right, the Book of the Watchers. Yes. Um, yep. Which is also right, like some historical writings. It's a pseudographic uh, book. Yep. Yeah. So um, she gets into the language of of how. Um, evil was referred to um, back then. And there was, uh, you know, originally there was a sense that, um, and and we see this in the story of Job, Mm -hmm. uh, that the angel um, that might do uh, harm or test or challenge or oppose is really, uh, was really a hand, um, an angel of God. Um, But that throughout history, there's a transition from, um, from that being of God to that being in opposition of God and the language that captures that and the names mm-hmm. and where we see that transition from um, the gospel to Mark, right? The first yes. gospel written yes. um, and how um, how we might say Satan is, is named there to uh, how it's named in the later books, uh, including the book of John, the, the last one yes. <laughs> yep. Yep. written. Um, and then, uh, of course, uh, what I anticipate um, will then be transitioning into how we understand um, good and evil, uh, God and Satan, um, 
and, uh, you know, I don't know that this is in the book, but it's already got me thinking about, okay, so like, um, uh, you know, and it, with 911, we immediately mm-hmm. started causing or calling other countries or other um, sects of people yeah. um, evil. Yes. Um, us and them, right? Yep. Us and them. Um, yeah, so it blown me away. I'm thrilled with it so far. Um, I can't review the book, but I certainly would recommend it um, if you're interested in history and how we've become um, uh, who we are today. That's oh, so good. Yeah, when, when we when we can personify evil, when we can embody evil and point to it physically, then we can destroy it. Mm, otherwise, so right. yep. otherwise we have no power. Uh, and so we, we named the, you know, the Satan Hasatan uh, literally means the adversary. I'm sure Pagel has, Pagel yeah, has talked yeah, about yeah. that. Yep. Literally means the adversary. So it literally, just the word itself means that which is against me. Uh, Man, powerful book. I, I've read tons of Pagel. She's she's brilliant. She's so good. <laughs> so wicked smart. Yeah, wicked smart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Mm. Well, that does it. Uh, just about does it for this week's show. Um, we're so grateful that you all were able to join us on this podcast. And when I say us, I'm referring to uh, Stephen, myself, and Preston, the dude. Yep. And as we close this week, remember the words of William Yates. The world is full of magical things, patiently waiting for our senses to grow sharper. See you next week.